why can't I get interested in this huge map with thousands of people? Why does nothing catch my interest? Well, your problem is a lack of accessories. You look so bland with boring armor. Rings, capes, boots, silver and gold everywhere. Of course. Just upgrading your own look is so passe. No horse is complete without a fabulous outfit. Just don't ask about the price. Now, a podcast so grand. Whoa. So magnificent and so vast, it spans from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. No way! Yes way! But it starts with Phil. How do you choose the best equipment? And Mike. The one that looks the best, dude! Phil, Mike, this is really quite simple. Unless you get an A-plus on your final oral report in video game history tomorrow, I have no choice but to flunk the boat of you. Two epic airheads. Mike, we are in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. One time-traveling telephone booth. Uh, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I'm here to help you with your history report. Who knew the history of video games could be such an excellent adventure? Yo, dude, I have Experience Bar. How do I get experienced? It's like when you learn stuff for a long time, you know? Oh, oh, look, Mike. Okay, let's check it out. Hey, who is this old dude? It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Hey, excuse me, old dude. Do you know if there's any bogus bosses of historic significance here? How's it going, ugly pixelated dude? These are your hosts, Philip Willis. Those are some hot magic slinging babes. And Mike Meeky. The gaming report, not a babe report. And all kinds of games from RPG Backtrack. If you guys are really us, what game are we thinking of? Shining Force, dude! Dudes! This is Phil and Mike's Excellent RPG Backtrack. This is RPG Backtrack number 171, I believe, right? One. Yes. The Hills of Oblivion. And this is the first RPG Backtrack episode of the year 2017. I'm your host, Phil Willis, and this is your other host, Mr. Mike Minky. I'm here. I'm also in 2017. Tempting as it is to speak to you from the past, I don't have anything interesting to say from it. Nope, that's why we have Scott Wakamater talking to us through the power of time travel from way back when. How you doing, Mr. Scott? Oh, it's great. How's Alan Rickman and Bowie doing these days? Ooh, um, yeah. Prince, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I can't wait for that new Prince album. You know, we, we probably should talk about that after the podcast, and you're going to want to be sitting down. I hope your election went smoothly. Uh, you I know, hope it goes smoothly too. Yeah. Oh, and Carrie Fisher, she's in the best of health, right? Yeah. Oh, good. I'm looking for. I'm so looking forward to a new Star Wars with her in it. Isn't everyone? Well, you know, let's just uh, say she's exploring the Force right now. Uh, so, hmm. So you're talking to us from March uh, to 20, 2006, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a great time to be alive. Yeah. Um, I heard uh, Bethesda is releasing uh, a game called Elder Scrolls Oblivion. We thought we'd bring you on the podcast to talk about it. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Cool, cool. 
Uh, and uh, so, yeah, so we're just going to take a, a teeny, tiny, winesy little break, uh, put on some music here from this game that uh, you're sitting down and playing right now for the first time, and then uh, we'll be right back to talk about it. Hopefully five minutes is enough time for you to play and beat the game. We'll be right back. Yeah, I'll be fine. Welcome back. We are ready to talk about Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion. Released today, if you're Scott Walkmanter. On <laughs> today for him will be March 20, 2006. Uh, this, is, uh, this was developed by Bethesda, distributed in North America by 2K Games. This is a this was a single action RPG type of experience released on Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360. And uh, oh boy, so much juicy goodness to talk about! Right? Am I right? Yeah. Juicy goodness? Well, I mean, of course, every Elder Scrolls game is the worst Elder Scrolls game. So but we this... passed Morrowind, which was in fact the best worst, right? Yes, that was that was in fact the least worst. And now we get to Oblivion, which I believe is the worst worst. The well, I mean, worst modern. I think it's indicative of certain trends that Bethesda would keep doing. Sounds about right. Yeah, it's it's just you know fully fully recorded dialogue comes down to kind of cutting down on what you can actually. Do with people and the fact that they spent all their money on uh, about six major characters. Okay, come on. Let, let's start off. Then eight. had four people voice everything else. This thing, this no, no, cool. I mean, come on. There's John Luke Picard in this one. Totally, totally. That's awesome. It starts off. John Luke Picard's talking to you. Yeah, and then he dies, as is often the case. You know. Yeah, that was kind of a bummer because then. I, I knew he wasn't going to talk to me anymore because he's probably dead. So that hasn't stopped everybody in the realm of fiction, but sometimes it does. Well, that's why I say probably because I never actually beat the game. So there's always that possibility in my mind that he'd come back. You know, resurrection spells anybody? Raise dead? Well, I mean, this is Uriel Septon the Seventh, who has of course appeared in um, uh, Elder Scrolls Two, or. He may have been Uriel Septim the Fourth. It depends on what screen you were reading, which does possibly make him a kajillion years old. Hmm. So if he's cheated that much death, it had to catch him eventually. Hmm. So you start off. You start off uh, as a as a prisoner in a prison room. After you make your character, which 
I, I don't know. Was it just me, Scott? Is there is there any way to make a halfway attractive character in this game? Because I, I couldn't uh, figure it out. You can make a very attractive potato. The fact that okay. it is ostensibly your character is, uh, you know, just a troubling lie from uh, Bethesda. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Because, uh, you know, but unfortunately, I personally do not find potatoes very attractive. So, uh, you know, you can make character creation system... Where, I mean, we're talking mostly about the physical appearance, not the the stats or anything. Um, I'm gonna try to. Yeah. What what are the stats of a potato anyway? Yeah, I'm playing. Um, uh, customizable dexterity by, uh, zero, all, you know, very broad, very strength broad. zero. Potatoes don't have high stats, but well, they might they might be resistant to fire. Yeah. So 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 if I'm gonna get my, make my character, it's one of those action RPGs where you know you can actually see third person, especially where you can actually see your character and stuff like that. I generally want them to look attractive because I'm not the most attractive guy in real life. I'm playing a fantasy game. Yeah, I, I, I want to look attractive, and this game makes that night impossible. It was no, I'm pretty sure it, I it still can't be that done. Game. It, can it be can't done. be done. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's a first-person game, so you just have to look at the uh, potato people of Cyrodiil with their dead stares as they yank your camera directly into them as they stare not quite at you, not quite through you. Uh, and then, you know, it's one of four guys talking to you, and then you go into the uh, half-assed dialogue system. Well, to be fair, just about everybody in that game's butt ugly, too, so by comparison, maybe maybe I was the best-looking thing walking around. Um, anywho... Well, that's an accomplishment, see? And if everyone else is even uglier than you are, then your relative lack of ugliness stands tall. There you go. Uh, let's see here, so... Character creation at the beginning, similar kind of sort of to other Elder Scrolls games, right, Scott? Yeah, so uh, you're in prison, and um, then the Emperor's Guard come into, your, come into your cell, and they're like, why the hell are you here? And Patrick Stewart's all like, no, no, cool. It's cool. This guy's the special. I know, th- I know that he is the special, but he has to tell me, um, you know, his uh, astrological sign and his skill set and uh, other relevant character details, like how ridiculous his cheekbones look, because no matter where you put it on that slider, you're going to look bad. Yeah, 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 those sliders, really, that's what I'm saying, there's so many sliders, and yet, it just, no. Nothing. Nothing, nothing. Um, can't be done. No, no, yeah, Patrick Stewart has some questions for you. Um, yeah. and, then, and then you uh, escape through the sewers, because this is the one cell... That is, in fact, the secret emperor get-out-of-the-castle uh, route and not ever supposed to be full. So you use the secret door to go through the sewers and you stab your rats, as is tradition, and then uh, you get out and Patrick Stewart dies. And that's it. And he tells you to go find a guy to find another guy. And then all hell breaks loose, quite literally. Well, that sounds like it would give you a nice sense of crisis and urgency. Oh, now you get attacked by mug crabs, and the first thing you see is the entrance to a cave. And, like, that cave is pretty tempting. Way more tempting than dragging your butt halfway across the county on foot to go to this town. There's a cave right there. Well, yeah. stuff. Yeah, so you gotta go check out the cave. No, I'm with you. Like, I came out with Sarah. I'm like, oh, cave. I mean, I look at the map, and it's like, oh, that city looks like it's pretty far. Oh, cave. So you go into this cave, and you discover something... Uh, very important that uh, this game has physics objects 
and that you can knock uh, glowy things out of uh, their sconces uh, with arrows, and then you practice shooting glowy things out of sconces and avoiding death traps and collecting glowy things, and you get a big pile of glowy things, and then you're really weighed down, and then you have to go somewhere else to sell them, and you're introduced to the barter system where all of a sudden shopkeepers have hours and limited amounts of money and all these other fiddly inconveniences that get in the way of your going into caves to steal shiny things. Now, limited and amounts then, of money does remind me of Fallout 2, but you know what? Fallout 2 had a really interesting combat system, and I don't remember being overly put out that I had to put up with people's hours. Yeah, it, it was also it was also like... But at the same time, at least, you know, uh, Oblivion has a dedicated wait button. Actual keyboard prompt. You don't. You don't have to dig through your Pip Boy this time. So after after you go through that cave and you go to a near town and you go through about nine other caves, you eventually make it to this small town on the map, uh, which is uh, literally has a portal to hell in it. So you go into hell, and hell is uh, full of pathetic creatures that, uh, despite being pathetic, you still can't fight more than two of them at the same time because. Uh, the uh, power level is pretty flat. Pretty flat. You're, 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 everything scales dead even with what you can do, so you will never feel like you're progressing. It's you'll, you'll just run into bandits in glass armor, shaking people down for 50 gold, and feel really silly about it. But after you uh, drag your butt through hell um, and grab a rock that apparently closes gates to hell, you... Uh, find the guy you were supposed to look for, and he dies, but not before telling you where to find Sean Bean. And you find Sean Bean, and you're like, Sean Bean, you are uh, the son of Patrick Stewart, and you have to be emperor of everything. And he's like, okay, I'm going to do that. President- and by I'm going to do that, I mean you're going to do everything for me, and half the people we need will die inconveniently just as you get there, but not before. Because the world is going to revolve around you and everything you do. And eventually you stab all of these dudes in stupid robes and all of their gear is summoned magic so you don't get to keep any of it. And uh, once you you find some cool amulet and and bring it to a rock and open up a really big gate to hell, you throw Sean Bean into the gate to hell and uh, I guess that's uh, and Sean Bean dies. Take your shot, and shot, and somehow killing Sean Bean restores balance to the universe. And now um, hell doesn't, you know, come out, crawl out all over the place to bother you in the middle of uh, important cave searching. Was there any indication that it had to be Sean Bean, or could it have been anyone? It had to be Sean Bean. <clears throat> okay. Let's see, is that the end? Then you get to just wander around and in- investigate caves for the rest of your time? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's there's DLC set afterwards, but, you know... Very you, important DLC. Yeah, you, you Sean Bean dies, and uh, the uh, the Chancellor's like, yeah, no, you're cool. Uh, you're, you're, you're a cool guy. You are the coolest guy. Uh, have a hat. You are the coolest, even though we still can't make you look attractive. I mean, you are... Well, yeah, I mean, no one looks attractive. Not even Sean Bean. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's unfortunate. I know. Not even Linda Carter's character, right? Or Patrick Stewart. I mean, Patrick Stewart looks pretty good for a bald man, doesn't he? Yeah, that's... Well, but not in this game. I, I, 
Yeah, I, I will say, so, I mean, I, I, you know, I wasn't the only one who had the opinion that main storyline was incredibly sleep-inducing. And uh, it, it didn't didn't keep my attention long enough to get through even half of it, really, before I'd be like, oh, shiny side quest, or oh, shiny cave, or hey, I'm going to go do this, or I'm going to do that. Because the story, the main story is just, oh. yeah. There's so many interesting setups for side quests. Like, there's an entire town that has been cursed with invisibility. And you have to help them deal with that. Well, yeah. And I think that's that's the... Yeah, like, like just wandering around. I mean, so it's it's an open-ended game. That's the draw. Um, it, the main quest really does feel kind of like something they just kind of tossed in just to say, hey, we've got a main storyline here. But uh, just wandering around and finding... The side quest is just a fun game in and of itself because they are number of them are very fun and original. Like uh, I was, I just I, I still remember walking into this one town. I don't remember where it was. I was just riding on my my horse that may or may not have had armor on it, and <laughs> um, I walked into this one town. Talked to this one guy. He's like, "Hey, this you know this thief. He's stolen my paintbrush. Uh, it's a very important, powerful, magical paintbrush. You got to go get it." And I'm like, oh, okay, where do I go? And he says, you gotta go inside the painting. Oh, what? Well, the magical paintbrush, when it paints pictures, it basically, you know, creates demi planes to uh, created worlds. So I jump into this demi plane inside the painting, and when you get in there, it's all very pastel colored. It looks like it, it totally looks like you're inside of a watercolor painting, and it was just so so cool. It wasn't that long. Tracked him down, you know, beat the tar out of him, got the paintbrush back. Debated whether or not to actually give it back to the guy. Was that? Trolls. Yeah. You had to kill about 8 billion trolls to get to him. Yeah, kill some things along the way, sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just it was just really kind of cool just running into that. That was kind of neat. Just kind of go out striking out and doing your own thing. Uh, did you join any of the guilds? Uh, I think, yes. I made a point of doing all the guilds with one character. Because uh, so so each guild is uh, the none of the guilds are mutually exclusive unlike uh, unlike Morrowind so you can do it with one character and you'd think that um, becoming archmage of uh, you know the entire country would be hard but you can do it with two spells the 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 two spells they 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 teach you in the tutorial they don't even have to be very high because becoming archmage is contingent entirely upon murdering um, necromancers. That's and you don't it. have to do it with magic? Like, there's only one that is. that. So you have to, in, in order to join the uh, Mages Guild, you have to get each local chapter in all nine of the major towns to sign off on you. And in one of the towns, one guy's like, oh, you want to be my apprentice? Yeah, sure. Uh, I left a ring at the bottom of the well out back. Go get it for me. And it's a cursed wing of burden. So you can't swim up once you put it in your inventory, and you kind of have to. Mm. So you, so depending on which character you are, you're you're very likely to drown your first attempt, and then you know you just very quickly assemble a you know potion that increases your carry capacity by like a kajillion and swim up, or you're the race that can breathe underwater and swim up, and that's about it. Like that that is the one where you actually have to do something thoughtful. It's mostly just kill necromancers for people. Is it fun to kill necromancers? Are they all the same? They they're all the same. Okay. And the combat is kinda just 
click. And again, it's you'll you'll find something that works for you. Uh, I recommend shooting things from stealth because they just fall over and die. You are I, limited I, on arrows, right? Oh, you are limited, and arrows have weight, so you have to carry a pretty specific amount of arrows to avoid becoming over-encumbered. Dang it. And then you're like, oh man, I'm out of arrows. I have to search around this cave to find all the arrows that got bounced all over the place because arrows are goddamn physics objects now. (laughs) I mean, at at least on Morrowind, you start off fairly competent, and then with a few hours of mucking about, you are actually good at and awesome at one or two things, as opposed to Morrowind where you just click impotently on your enemies until eventually, eventually, uh, you can cheese the magic system into never fighting again. Whereas in this, it's uh, you you find one or two subsystems to cheese because they're all, uh, they all have big exploitable things in them to muck about with. And I would usually play an assassin, which is, you know, 80% skipping through field. No, it's 80% skipping through fields, picking flowers. That's that's it's how you exactly grind. Exactly what I think of assassin. Yeah, that's that that that's how you grind in this game. It's based on use, so you're going to spend a lot of time skipping through fields to up your acrobatics, and then picking the flowers to up your alchemy, and then finding a sleeping person, and then just standing by their bed, walking back and forth while crouched to level your stealth, and then you'll just do all your dungeons um, one-shotting things with arrows that are poisoned. And then hanging back while the poison does it work to its work. Well, once you hit about like seventy in archery, uh, a sneak attack, a critical hit of any sort will knock them over. So they, so you hit them, they ragdoll, and then the poison works, and then they die, and you move on. That sounds entertaining enough, but I don't. Oh, know it, how it well is, it. but you know, after a while, you just start uh, abusing your acrobatics and self powers to not interact with anyone. <laughs> Because it's faster. I believe that. Magic is worthless. Uh, and until you get the ability to create your own spells, then you just chain a bunch of effects together and win. Or you create armor that makes you stealthy all the time. Well, at least you can create armor. Yeah, you can, you can enchant your own armor. It's great. Making your own stuff. I'm sure the armor looks absolutely wonderful. Oh, um... You know what? Some of it's actually kind of halfway cool. Like, a lot of the the equipment looks great, and then you just have to deal with the fact that your face is peeking out from under the helmet all the time when you look at yourself. Little clipping. Little clipping. And uh, so uh, one thing, before you get the feeling that this is the worst Zelda Scrolls game ever, because it is, but the one thing I will say that I have to or someone will yell at me is, of course, that the Assassin's Guild quests are great in this. They're uh, really novel and interesting, and it's actually a really good test of uh, the what, what emergent sim elements there are, because you do have to deal with sneaking around and picking locks and doing assassiny things. And there's some really creative ones, like uh, you have to set up... You, you have to be the killer in a locked room Agatha Christie mystery, where you, you kill one guy, and then everyone starts accusing everyone, and then you either have to trick them all into killing each other or trick them into going into small rooms alone with you and killing them. And then at the end of it, you're the only one alive and this guy and this guy pays you a big pile of cash to do it. 
Could you take awesome. them on simultaneously, or is that level scaling going to make it sh- impossible? Um, well, because they're all peasants, they basically can only grab, like, table knives to, throw, <laughs> to menace you and, um, you know, do that. Table knives to menace you, and they don't have any armor. So you, you can, if you if you are playing a more thuggish assassin type, you could just sweep them all with one power attack from a hammer. But that sounds a lot more boring than... There, there's usually an, a, there are usually extra rewards in the Assassin's Guild for playing like an assassin, whereas uh, playing the, in the Fighter's Guild or the Thieves Guild, you will be rewarded the same whether or not you act like your character class at all. It's something. Thieves Guild Quest gives you a really cool hat. That's about it. It messes with people's AI. <laughs> a really cool hat definitely like, bumps up the appearance level here. It's like what you get for getting a kid's meal at Burger King. You get that little cool hat. Well, this this one will um, make people forget your their uh, hostility status if you take it off. So mm-hmm. if you get caught stealing or murdering or... I don't know, anything wrong, and all the psychic guards of the entire country start to home in on you to murder you over that sweet role you stole, then you can just take your hat off, and they're like, oh, where'd that guy go? Oh, well, carry on, citizen. It's like taking the glasses off of Clark Kent. It's an entirely different person. Yes. At least this one's literally magic. Nice. 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 So, um... So you got, uh, you, you, you got, uh, so gosh, there's so many different topics to just dive into. I feel like we're just kind of not going over kind of all over the board, but maybe that's fine. It's a, it's a conversation. How is is combat different from Um, Morrowind? Okay. So it is purely action. So it's not, you click and it rolls dice. It is, if you click and your cursor is over a guy, he's going to get hit. Uh, you can, uh, fiddle about if you're in melee, you can fiddle about with the direction you're moving to uh, swing vertically or horizontally, which can muck with the guard of some enemies. There, there's not really an equivalent blocking system, so it's just you, you. if someone's holding up a shield, you can, you can switch which way you're hitting him from to break the guard faster. And um, the, the magic has been toned down especially in terms of non-combat spells. It's kind of just um, healing, hitting things with damage, making your stats better, uh, summoning things, including weapons. You, you can summon a big, a big axe as opposed to just carrying a big axe. Uh, there's also a fatigue system that's much more important, especially at low levels where doing anything reduces reduces a bar, and then when the bar is empty, you're far less effective than if it were full. So you have to muck about with uh, anti-fatigue potions and pace yourself in fights. Which sounds at least like a modicum of strategy. Like there, there, there's a bit of a modicum of strategy until you find whatever your favorite game breaker is, and then you stop interacting with a lot of the game. Yeah, it's it's figure it's exactly right. It's figuring out you know just what kind of overpowers everything and just running with it, and then you know then then those moving pieces underneath the, the hood that you were playing with earlier don't quite matter as much anymore. Yeah, and there's also this weird thing where so you 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 pick your character class, and that comes with five skills that you have to level up, and any time you 
if you level any one of those up five times, you gain a level and then everything scales to that. But there are some skills that increase when you use them and some screw like deliberately. Like if you're sneaking, you have to be sneaking to improve sneak. But uh, uh, athletic goes up goes up when you walk or run or swim or, you know, basically do anything within the game. So if one of your core sets is athletics and you walk to the next town, you could level up just on athletics and not any of your other skills. And then everything's harder and you don't have the gear or any abilities. So the game will outpace you just by virtue of you picking fighter. Don't pick fighter. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds useful, except then I remembered the auto-scaling, which uh, that just screws you over. Yeah, like again, fight, fighter's really bad for it because athletics, they, they get athletics and heavy armor, and heavy armor goes up when things hit you, which means that you can grind by standing still in a fight and just holding down like your healing spell. But, and, do you, but you don't really want to do that because then you just... Uh, get slammed with harder enemies without you necessarily having gotten any better. Yeah, it's it's almost like you... And there's this whole weird thing where you don't... You have to go to sleep to level up, which improves your health. What? But, yeah, okay. So leveling up is still a thing. You have to go to sleep to do it, and all it does is improve your health. Your stat, your, your health and your mana pools, and I guess your endurance pool. But all your skills will continue to advance even if you haven't leveled. So you can be level one, but have accumulated a kajillion levels in archery by never sleeping. And so you are now a ridiculously good archer with about 12 hit points, and all the enemies are still level one. So you're still like shooting gob- basic goblins and wolves, but you're god emperor of archery, so you're fine. Well, that sounds like a good exploit if you want to cheese the game. Well, the game is just so eminently cheesable. You also you also get um, some other points, right? When you rest and you level up. I think yeah, I think you can like you you get some points that you can shuffle around your skills. So yeah, like your I main think... stats. So there's, but yeah, I mean, so. I mean, in a way, this is kind of a this is one of Phil's little side topics on 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 my pissiness with RPGs. Period, which is if you whether whether the enemies are tied into your level or it's simply designed that they increase as you're going along in the story. Um, I don't know if too many RPGs I've played. There's been a few where I've just had to grind up some levels. There's not too many RPGs where I really want to go back to old areas and beat up on lower guys. If all that's happening when I'm leveling up is my stats go up, but the enemy stats also go up, my damage, my attack damage goes up, but their hit points go up, it still takes three hits to kill a mob, and it still takes 20 hits to kill a boss, then nothing has really changed in the game. It's just artificial, you know, growth. You, there's no progress, but there's still a Skinner box in place, and it's it's not satisfying. And I think something that uh, Bethesda would actually click with in their next game um, would be that the this idea that uh, actually making would be the idea of actually making the player feel empowered all the time. Here, they just sort of put you in a Skinner box, have no real sense of project progress, and just make you responsible in everything. 
yeah, what the hell is the point of killing all these enemies if it makes if it makes absolutely no difference to how strong you are regarding them? <laughs> but the goblins are now oh god, what was the better version of goblins? They they were just they were little literal power palette swaps. I think they were like ice goblins. Ooh. No no fire or lightning goblins. Yeah, they're wearing no. diamond armor and shiz and <laughs> yeah, they're glowing like, in you're, the you're dark. Like, yeah, like you're 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 stabbing goblins uh, at the behest of the fighters guild, but you're level forty, so they're like super awesome goblins with great gear. And you finally get to the end, and you unlock their treasure box, and it's like forty gold. Yeah. So so for me for me personally, this is probably you know one of the big. I haven't read about this when I first jumped into the game, and kind of knowing that I was going into. You know, one of these things where that, that leveling up has that generic number issue. And this is my problem with a lot of games where you're playing just one character anyways, and it's just, uh, you know, having forbid you pick a fighter because it really... If the game doesn't give you an additional skills as you go along and you're playing a fighter, fighter is the most boring thing in the world because you're just going to play the same class from beginning to end. So that's where I would go with, like, a wizard. So not that necessarily the spells you have are necessarily tied to leveling, but at least it feels like my character is naturally progression, progressing and the fact that he has more toys to play with. He has more options in combat he has you know more more tools at his disposal to handle situations so that that fireball does get bigger every time it does get bigger it does get bigger but i think one of the cool things in on the i think it was and correct me if i'm wrong scott because i could be mixing up my elder scrolls games but i believe this one still allowed me to create you know some my own spells and shiz right yeah yeah this definitely did let you um let you build your own spells and make and mix and match effects to cheese the game to cheese the game which yeah. like scott says you find what cheese works and that's what i did i would you know i level up a bit and do, kill some things get some gold skills whatever and start creating cheesy spells so yeah, yeah so i could just cheese my way through you know through stuff so at least to me that's where the quote unquote sense of progression came in because it certainly didn't come from uh necessarily from from leveling uh once i got the cheesy spells and i had the stats i needed to support them and i got to that you know to that place in life i stopped worrying about leveling which was actually pretty early on it wasn't like oh yeah i've been playing this for 80 hours and now i'm now as i want to say within 20 maybe 10 it wasn't that far yeah, like you, after you a couple of weekends of playing, you feel like you you hit, you hit a groove, and of course this developed a whole new AI for NPCs that almost kind of maybe worked. Uh, so there were shopkeeps, and they had routines where they would go to sleep at night and not let you in the store and get upset. And then all nine people who lived in every town, because memory being what it was, it didn't exactly. The Imperial City is pretty empty. But they, they have routines where they go about, and if you follow them, they do stuff. Uh, they have really boring conversations with each other. I saw a mud crab the other day. <laughs> That's it? That's the entire conversation? Oh, no. Like, he so the other guy goes, oh, interesting. And it, it, it's always, like, these two-sentence exchanges. They never get too deep. And they, they never... And it's the same pool. And sometimes they respond to plot events... But it's but that just adds to the pool, so it's just like, man, shame about the emperor dying four hundred in game days after the emperor is dead. <laughs> and we get news very slowly out here. At the center of the empire. We we deliberately don't pay any attention to the newspaper around here until somebody actually waves it in our face. 
Yeah, I mean, it kind of, I kind of fell into the same groove as I did with Morrowind, where at first glance it said, you know, Morrowind, when we talked about this, about how it was like, oh, wow, there's all these characters, and you can go up and talk to any of them, but then you start realizing that, you know, 90% of them say pretty much the same things, and, you know, will answer the questions the same way that you get the chance to ask them, and it's just the 10% that are kind of quest givers that, that you can dive a little bit further on, and while this one seemed cooler because they have more natural, I think, they had more natural days and ice cycles of where they were at and stuff like that um they seemed to be a little more intelligent but but in reality it was pretty it wasn't much deeper than than morrowind at least that's not the way that's the way it came across to me like yeah, i just it's if you were it, giving it, me a quest i passed you up yeah you, i didn't want to sit just, there and watch you or talk to you yeah there was there was really not much it, it's a mile wide and an inch deep i saw a mud crab the other day <laughs> well how about that? Yeah. Did, did you see another mud crab later? No. <laughs> well, that's just a shame. There. Yeah. Mud crab. Awesome chit chat. But no. Um, no, I just went around looking for more people to give me cool quests, like jumping into paintings and stuff. Or I just went around wandering around trying to find things to discover. Out in the just, countryside. Just what, what's what's that away? Oh, it's a cave. There's some skeletons in it. All right, let's do this. Yeah, and it's kind of to draw these open world games. Is is at the end of the day, you kind of make your own story with with the with the tools and the toys and everything that they kind of give you. And and for for that, I I was perfectly okay with it. I don't I don't think it was. I don't know. On one hand, you I don't want to. <laughs> I want to be so trite as to say it wasn't the mind most blind blowing thing. It was pretty cool in some ways but in other ways it wasn't all that that it was kind of made out to be in my opinion but maybe we're, we're heading towards the end where we actually talk about our opinion, you know, overall opinions on it um there's probably more to talk about like horse armor and stuff well i mean we'll, we'll talk about the dlc in a minute but i think this game so 11 years jeez i can't say there's a good reason to go back to this elder scrolls like Morrowind still has something to offer, and but if you have an itch for something open world and actiony, and somehow haven't gotten to Oblivion, you know Skyrim's still there, and that doesn't mean Skyrim's better, but it's you won't have to fiddle about with any sort of compatibility issues. I don't think don't think I've had too many. I'm trying to remember the last time I played it though. Don't think I've had too many issues on Windows Seven. I don't think. Um, buggy, buggy wise, did it have a lot of those early bugs? Because uh, I, I didn't play it right when it came out. I knew better than to rush out and play another Scrolls game right away. Um, I don't think this one was too bad. I think the big thing is the fact that uh, everything's a physics object, and sometimes things would start floating. <laughs> yeah, like you, you just see. Things would get stuck in each other, or things would start floating, and then the big thing was, you know, just how cheesable the combat system was, and how the leveling was left the game feeling very flat. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I thought it was pretty pretty um, at the time on my PC, anyways. Uh, I didn't play it on consoles right away. Eventually, I got around to playing it on a PlayStation. It was like pretty darn cheap you know like the game a year edition or whatever it was and it was on super sale um but the pc version by far looked a lot better yeah i think this this one did have a lot of 
really interesting. It, it did implement a lot of new tech, um, even even not just for the series, but in in general, there was a lot of there was a lot of cool new mapping at the time. I think, but it was also really weird. Like I think there were blades of grass that had more polygons than whole people. There were blades of grass who had more personality than people. No, <laughs> I saw a mud crab the other day. That was too easy. Um, uh. Yeah, yeah. And so for for that, you know, for just getting in there, if you could, if you could forget about some of that video game crunchy just underneath the hood, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. And uh, the level, I, I spent I don't know how long trying to, you know, figure out the leveling system and why did it work that way and reading forums and wikis or whatever have you because it just it's such a disconnect from you know previous approaches to rpgs and the such i had played before i mean it's not the first i guess it's probably not the first auto leveling game i had played but uh final fantasy 8 might be that one but it was just yeah, so blatant final fantasy about 8 it at least had the benefit of being linear so mm-hmm. you'd see different things as you went yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, I know. You know, I personally never ran into an issue like in Final Fantasy. It, it did a good job of covering my eyes because I like to play my games without reading stuff online at all. I like just to jump into them. With Final Fantasy VIII, I never knew that the enemies were leveling with the main character or whatever. It just they got tougher. I got tougher. Got more skills. Whatever. Seems like a typical Final Fantasy. The the the, the stupid thing there was the draw system. But you know, with 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 Oblivion, it's very notable noticeable like you just you you really do see it um so and guess, it caused a big of uproar you know when you were if you're on the forums at the time and stuff it just oh yeah a lot of people weren't happy with it oh yeah i mean i mean i think the fandom did want it to like cure cancer but at the end of the day the game's just kind of meh like it's it's this really like when when you're playing it you 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 get stuck in this loop of like these little reward discovery rewards and then when you put it away it's like man I didn't actually enjoy that all that much there's nothing memorable about this game I mean I definitely I definitely took away it's kind of like for me in a way it's kind of like World of Warcraft my takeaway was my character's story like it wasn't the story that they had it wasn't the main storyline it was. You know, me and my wizard, my spell, you know, sword wizard or whatnot. Um, we'll call him Bob for the moment because I can't remember what I named him because uh, it was years ago. But it's that story that's in my head of how he traveled. We went through this one cave, you know, dodged this one trap, got on, you know, whatever, took journeys, met people, killed crap. Like those stories from those side quests and stuff. For me, that was my, my takeaway. Um, it was the opposite of a JRPG where you know in a jrpg they're setting the stage and they got this epic story to tell and you're just playing a role in it and you're just soaking it all in uh and you walk away with that with that story that they meant to tell you in oblivion it was (laughs) they put a bunch of pieces into a box and i you know i ran through it and i picked up one here and one there and that became you know my character story and so like the painting story those are the stories that i can share about um you know oblivion but you're right it, it's just if you're talking about you know games that you're recommending to people it is in that very odd position of you know it's not historical like morrowind um and it's certainly not as polished or refined or as deep or whatever it is skyrim certainly not as pretty so it's kind of that that bastard child that's in the middle that doesn't really 
that that's really tough to recommend. Like if someone says, you know, cool open world game where I can make my own character story, uh, like you're talking about, Phil, I'm going to probably point them to Skyrim. Because, <laughs> boy, that game feels, I don't know, it just feels better. It feels more substantial, more epic. But speaking of insubstantial, this was 2006 when DLC and micro content was a brave, a, brave a new, new world. It was a crazy idea they had that, hey, what if we sell a game for, you know, 60 bucks and then we add little bits and pieces for like two bucks? Like so, Oblivion Horse Armory Pony Protection at $2.50. <laughs> Yeah, so for two dollars and fifty cents, wasn't it five dollars at the beginning? It might have been five bucks at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think early on it was pretty, like it was pretty high, and it was literally, literally just armor for horses. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. Bearing it was... in mind that uh, horses are terrible. The horse in the, the you can ride horses, and it's terrible, and they 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 just die immediately. Except for the best horse in the game, which you get for becoming the the baddest of all assassins that is a demon horse that never dies and it will kick the crap out of people literally but with the horse armor will the horse not die immediately uh probably not it will probably still die because remember they're leveling up with you and you can totally punch a horse to death why can't you know a, a timber wolf or just some bandit who is holding a person up for 10 gold pieces. yeah so, obviously, there was this huge uproar for being like, you're charging this much for this? What the hell? And it, it and the response was more or less, okay, we'll charge less for it. So, and then the next round were a bunch of quasi-class related, just like, hey, here's one new location. Uh, you beat up everything in it, and then it becomes your secret base. And it's a really convenient spot for your character one way or another. Like, uh, the Wizard's Tower has a whole bunch of crafting stuff that just spawns in all the time. Um, the pirate ship one lets you, you know, it. you can send out pirates to get you money. But pirates are cool. Yeah, it, it, it's cool. It's like, hey, it's one extra dungeon that gives you a big, you know, a big, huge uh, reward for doing it in-game. And how much did that cost? Uh, Uh, They were usually about two bucks. Yeah, like even less. Even less. Like maybe a buck ninety US. Which is, it sounds like they were learning things from the horse armor. Yeah. Although, I I think they took it pretty well later on. I think there was uh, one one year, a few years after the release, where they uh, sold all their DLC for half off. Except for Horse Armor, which went up by double. Was that April Fool's? Yeah, it was an April Fool's prank. Okay. That's actually a pretty good one. Yeah. And then there was, you know, the one, the, the DLC that was actual money. Um, I forget how, I forgot what it cost at the time. Ten bucks? Yeah, okay, ten bucks. And they were, that. that's Nice of the Nine, which is a 30-ish hour story about, um, an undead sorcerer king uh, trying to blow up uh, some Order of Holiness's stuff, and then you join the Holy Order, and you have to go on a pilgrimage and collect a bunch of magic items, and then punch uh, the uh, sorcerer king to death. Can you arrow him to death too, or will only punching work? Oh, you can arrow him, but I think you get a sweet mace or something. 
Like, like, like there's a sweet set of heavy armor and a shield and a mace, which is great if you're playing an assassin, because you just love all of those things. But the, the helmet covers your character's entire face, which makes it wonderful, because then you don't have to look at your potato face ever. <laughs> I'm hearing a lot face. of good things here, actually. Yeah. Like, again, if you, if you get to it, it's great. Uh, the other one was another $10, yeah, again, I think $10 digitally, uh, called The Shivering Isles, where you go to a whole new environment, uh, some islands, you know, near near ye old Skyrim, and you have to um, take on one of the demon princes of mag- madness, and you they've got really crazy art styles, and you have to find some stuff, and then punch him out. Or, wait, no, you... The, the, the demon prince makes you his champion, and you have to... You have to stop some terrible thing of doom. And then you become the prince of madness. Stopping the terrible thing of doom makes you actually mad, or just the title prince of madness? Yeah, you, you, you become the new demon prince of madness at the end. That's not bad. That's not bad. And you said you actually get to fight new kinds of enemies or things that look different, right? Yeah, there's a whole like there's a whole new art style and new things in it. It's it's not necessarily uh, just hey more more of the same looking trees. On that subject, uh, do the trees at least look different than the from the single Morrowind tree? Uh, yes, very much so. Well, I mean, they're really twisty like Morrowind trees, but they, they are not the same tree every time. And I think the guy that designed those um, was a big deal on designing Fallout 3 as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that was a little bit of um, a letdown on the design anyways, uh, especially the first impression was, oh, this looks like a typical fantasy, which is one of the cool things about Morrowind is as soon as you stepped off the ship, you realize you're not in Kansas anymore. And it felt like, uh, you know, a fresh take on the well, whole normal fantasy when, genre. If if you'd been reading the books in the previous three Elder Scrolls game, games, um, the Imperial City was supposed to kind of be Han China in a jungle, like that, they literally described it as you know this, this pseudo Asian place with some elements of Rome set in a, a, a tropical area, and then then you just get oh this is England, <laughs> everyone's white. <laughs> um. So yeah, if it wasn't for some of those cool side quests and maybe you know some of the expansion later where they kind of maybe it's a response to some of those concerns, but. Yeah, it just felt like some, as far as the setting goes, it kind of lacks some imagination. Cool, cool. Now, uh, assuming that you were going to try and complete every side quest, how long would you be at it? Oh, I believe that you would have to get to... Oh, it was something ridiculous. It was 200 hours for everything. Well, if you do that, then I guess you got your money's worth, but yeah, like a high price to pay. But unlike, but weirdly enough, unlike uh, the last couple of uh, major anniversaries for the Elder Scrolls, Oblivion is not available for free right now. No, really, but really missing a beat there, Bethesda. No, no, but it's it's 
Bolivian's usually pretty inexpensive nowadays. I, I I eventually just got it with the you know when I saw the DLC and stuff and and that like you said that was kind of a new ball of wax. Um, I was already kind of putting off putting it off because Elder Scrolls buggy want to see what people are going to say and then they they started doing that DLC. I think it was I thought it was pretty early on. Um, so that's where I was like, ooh, I'm gonna wait to see what happens here. Um, because I mean I saw it with like early in the or before then. The biggest, the closest thing I would have to, as an analogy, would be expansion packs. Like when I got Age of Empires 2, eventually they released one or two expansion packs. There's plenty of games that would have, you know, expansion packs. And then if you would just wait, you know, after the last expansion came out, you wait another six months to a year, Game of the Year edition would come out, and it would be one low price for everything. And then if you wait for that to go on sale, hell, you just saved all kinds of money. Um, well, I mean, so I kind of um, decided to do that the, with Oblivion. The two, ex- the two big expansions for this game were released on discs. Yeah, and then they ended up having full-blown expansions on top of those little TLCs. Weirdly enough, like, the Game of the Year of Oblivion has the the two expansions, but you would still have to buy, like, Thieves' Den and Wizard's Tower or yeah, Horse Armor. You had to totally be uh, cognitive. I think that was a lot of pretty confusing. Um, you had to do your research to make sure you were getting the complete, complete edition or whatever the hell it was called at the time. That actually yeah. had everything, the DLC and the expansions. That took a little research. That that was not easy. Um, you're right. Um, I, I almost had done that when I was reading the back of the box and doing some research and realized, oh, wait a minute. This doesn't actually have everything. Um, so, yeah. But uh, let's see here. Oh, and in fact, uh, you can actually still run into that issue on Steam now. Uh, so, so <laughs> there's the there's the you know Oblivion Game of the Year edition for fifteen dollars. But what you guys want is the Game of the Year edition deluxe for nineteen ninety nine, which includes the horse armor. Very important. No, it includes the extra you know DLC that we're talking about. That um, yeah. Well, without the horse armor, then you can't get the full Oblivion experience. Well, right, right. If you get the Game of the Year edition, you get the base game with Knights of the Night and Shivering Island expansions. Uh, for five bucks more, uh, you're also going to get the Fighter Stronghold, the Spell Tome Treasures, Violator, Maroon's Razor, and most importantly, Horse Armor. No, it says and much more. It really means Horse Armor. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, just pay the extra five bucks so you have the most complete edition if you want to. If you're, I mean, if you're looking for another open world adventure and you don't mind taking a step back from Skyrim because uh, you just can't get enough, then yeah, it's 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 a you know it's a fun experience within its understandable limitations, or maybe not so understandable. For <laughs> yeah, I don't understand the leveling. I still don't understand the leveling. I play lots of RPGs. The leveling, the leveling is about as silly as Final Fantasy too, except that the monsters level up with you, which makes it even more silly. So just so find your. Like so you mean it. Final Fantasy Eight? Uh, well, two doesn't. Well, yeah. So eight has the force leveling, and two has the whole hit yourself to make yourself stronger, which is about as smart as just standing there with your heavy armor on to let the monsters whack you to increase certain stats. I, yeah. I love it when you go onto Steam and you can tell a game is old because the first like six screenshots for it are in four by three. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. That's how you know a game is old. 4x3 resolution in the screenshots. 
Oh, you know, one of the things I remember about this, uh, too, Scott, I don't know if you remember this, but I, so I played it, eventually I went for the PC version, and uh, I apologize when my computer just chimed in with a noise, it's going to be on the recording, I'll take, you know, I don't think I can take it out, whoops. Anyways, um, I remember the backlash for the PC version, because when you played it, you realize very quickly that this was developed first with the console in mind, the the larger, you know, the huge text fonts, the facts, uh, the fonts for the like, the menus and stuff. The fact that like you, no click and dragon, no click and dragon, right? Very. I, I don't even know if I, I. I don't think I used a controller with it, but very, it was clearly designed to be used to get around those map fast menus with the controller, and, and not with the standard keyboard mouse. And, and and that was that even rub you know being the, more of a PC gamer myself and having been playing the series since nearly the beginning on the PC that kind of stuck in my craw a wee bit. Grr. So that's part of that history there, that part of that homogenization that I hate so much. Um, I mean, I got over it eventually, but it, it's not completely unworkable. But it's clearly it's clearly designed for a controller in mind there. So. Which kind of goes at odds for me with the first person or third person, depending on how you play it. But the first person perspective, oh I'm so used I, to I, playing that with a keyboard and mouse. I forget. I I keep forgetting that these games always offer third person. Yeah. And then there, there are some lunatics that think it's playable in third person. It's there. I tried it for like you know a few minutes. I'm like, no, this is no, this is not working. No, no. I love this caption in a review at the time. Third person mode lets you admire your character, but first person is better for combat and exploring. Nah, uh, I will say one of the cool things it does. I, I just, do... I'm just trying to imagine picking up coins off a table in in third person. Yeah, those, no, those were legitimate no. pixel bitching to pick up coins. Nah, the the short version is that it doesn't end well. Uh, it, it's um, what you call it? Uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Cool things. There's a cool thing about it third person oh no i will say the cool thing uh about oblivion uh that i love spending time on is when you did find new armor or whatever have you and you went into the menus and you put it on uh there you, you the 3d model of your character is at a really good angle right there you know to the side facing the camera so you can very clearly see what putting on that new helmet except for when there was clipping putting on that new armor putting on those new gauntlets you know how they how your character would slowly go from being in rags to you know um looking pretty badass uh depending on what you got of course it was also fun when you're taking off a guy you killed and and suddenly they're all naked on the ground because you just click a button and you loot them and boom all of a sudden they're just they got the little underoos on and that's about it so that that's pretty funny and you'll, you'll get the cases where the armor is more revealing than the underoos. Yeah. <laughs> so, <sighs> yeah. I'm just, trying, where, I'm just picturing that, and I didn't want to. Well, it, it's like, so, it, it, it's like in Fallout, where you strip a raider armor, and then he suddenly has an undershirt on. <laughs> it, it's like that. You know, you'll, you'll bump into people. So I did like seeing my my character's armor get, and I couldn't get a helmet on him fast enough. I once I got the helmet on, it was, you know, it was pretty cool. Um, needed a helmet to cover the face, but yeah, I think that was something that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, because you don't get to see that a whole lot. I mean, hell, we were just happy in Final Fantasy in the early games when you change classes and they would change their outfit to go with the class. Um, so, hmm. hmm. 
anything else we can think about this game, guys? Oh well, I mean, we've we've got the uh, the 2005 controversy, the the 2000 controversy, where the ASRB started cracking down on dummied out content that was inaccessible on the disc. It was still on the disc, but you couldn't get to it because uh, th- this game has boobs in it. If you install a mod to have boobs in it, because Bethesda included unused models on the disc because that's what every game has done forever and when the SRB found out about it they forced you to, they recalled the boxes changed the rating and forced retailers to start carting kids to see boobs that they couldn't see without a patch just like San Andreas the- well that, that was it like San Andreas got a, was a big deal and then the ESRB was like, if it's on the disc, we have to rate it, even if you can never, ever see it. Thank you, ESRB, for protecting all the poor children from seeing pixelated boobs with an incredible amount of effort. That's that's truly an excellent use of your time. Now, re- remember, this, this is the game of potato people, so imagine what potato tits looked like. Uh, it was actually more likely to scare kids out of doing anything like that in the future. You know, trying to find any Playboy magazines or anything like that because, yeah, yeah. not to mention the faces. <laughs> like, this is 2006. If you want to see boobs on the internet, there's so many ways that were faster than downloading a mod for Oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is true. So what else was there? I mean, obviously, you know. All the obviously. wonderful music? <laughs> Yeah, music. Um, that was actually really nice. It was just kind of very light, and you could zone out. Yeah, I, I know. I it was. I, I don't. I, I think I remember it being mildly enjoyable. It wasn't something I was super humming, but it is something I'd recognize right off if someone's playing it. Sure, 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 sure. I, it was. It was an. I think it was also a game that was one of the earliest if not the early escape that I actually took some time to download and run some mods in it, including wasn't well, isn't this one of the ones that had like a higher graphics mod of some sort or higher textures mod or Oh I'm there there were a ton of uh lighting and texture packs. I mean I think this is this game is really cemented the install bed you know, you install the Bethesda game and then you immediately look for the better bodies mod. Oh yeah, and install that before you even hit start. <laughs> the non potato face mod. Um, yeah, no, there's some fun fun mods in here. Um, you know, so I, I which I I think you do that with Morrowind, but I never seriously got into it with Morrowind. But with Oblivion, it, it was it was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, I think uh, let me just double check here. That might be uh, is that Steamworks Dealy? I don't know if I don't think they got the. Uh, Nexus into an Oblivion built-in. No, that's a Skyrim thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, again, it's like uh, Skyrim makes it so much easier though, thanks to you know, on Steam, how you can easily you know, add that stuff in through that. I don't think you get that with Oblivion because you're I think it's too old. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. No, no. But it's they're easy enough, I'm sure, still to find those mods and to get them installed if you so seek them out to do them. There was a mod. There was a mod that I was very, very tempted to get, and I never tried it because uh, I don't. Ultimately, I don't 
trust mods. Uh, I, I like farting around with them. I like playing with them. But uh, in the past, if I modded a game, let's you know, for whatever reason, um, it, I seemed like I was rolling dice a fifty-fifty chance it would just break the game. And sometimes down the road, after I put a lot of time into it, so I've always been hesitant with mods. Um, so, the, but there was a mod out there that would that changed the leveling to normal leveling to like experience points with levels that made sense. Uh, and I think it went so far as to do something with the leveling of the creatures. And I'm not sure, but it was it was to try to make that level make sense. Because I I and I was very tempted because I really don't like the whole skill base. Get so many points and then gain a level. And are you punishing yourself? Not punishing yourself? You know, ultimately, if you're not super smart about it, you know, as you've pointed out, Scott, you could actually be shooting yourself in the foot if you're leveling up by leveling up skills that don't directly you know tie into combat. For example, well, the monsters are getting tougher. But, but of course, you know, if you're putting it more into the diplomacy or whatever it may be, um, oh, or running but, around or acrobatics. We, we missed out on the displo- the diplomacy skill in this. Sure. Uh, th- this had the best diplomacy system. So what would happen is you'd hit the Persuade mini game, and then there's this wheel, and each character would like, and you, you had four options. It was like uh, threaten, flirt, make a joke, and something else, something be polite, and each character res- would respond to one of those things differently, and that would improve or decrease their value, uh, their value. And the friendlier they got, the better deals you could get at shops, and that was about all it was good for. And uh, if you were not good at the diplomacy skill, you couldn't move the wheel, you just had to say all four of them in a row, and then inevitably they'd hate you because you made a joke. And they respond with an angry face because the the responses were canned and awful. And eventually, if you got good at diplomacy, you you could start to move the wheel on your own and then make actually make people like you. That was so stupid. Oh, <laughs> was, uh, was it was it timed or did you have as much? Yeah, it was. It, you it was somehow strategic, except for the part where you had to grind up to like thirty to actually interact with it meaningfully as opposed to just cycling through all four. That sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. yeah and then there was the the, the lock picking. Uh, that was kind of, I don't know. On one hand, it seemed kind of cool. On the other hand, it frustrated me. Like, that I mean, became a template for lock picking mini games. Yeah. Like, the, the, hmm. the shuffle, the, like, this is what locks are supposed to look like from the inside. Mm-hmm, right, but except for the part where your picks are intensely fragile, yeah, and you'll burn yeah. through ninety of them if you're not good at the game. And I mean, that, not you personally; I mean your character. Yeah, and that's where that's where I was getting a, a bit frustrated. It took me a while to figure figure out the system. I broke a ton in, you know, in the process, and then when I did figure it out, I you're still breaking a bunch, not as much, but you're still breaking a bunch. Unless, and then of you course, do I'm guessing... the one Daedric quest where you get the unbreakable lockpick at the end, and then, you know, the game is yours. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just kind of funny, because ultimately, you know, when you think fantasy, especially if I'm a wizard or whatever have you, I just, I just melt locks. I just blow the chest up or whatever. There's something fragile inside, oh well, but for the most part, I should be able to do something about that lock. Than to play this mini game because it's driving me crazy. Where's an axe? I'll shatter the chest. I don't know. <laughs> Too funny. Um, 
But I don't remember any of the, do, do, are any of those locked chests, I maybe I didn't get far enough, were there like any deadly traps in them? No, they weren't trapped. There were no tricks. There were no tricks. It's not like wizardry old school. <laughs> no <laughs> those mimics, would literally no kill traps you. on the chest themselves. Ah, a missed opportunity, I'm sure. Um, too funny. Mm, okay, is there anything else we're missing? I don't think so. I mean, we talked about the horse armor, which really was the most important thing at the end of the day. So, yeah, That's if, true. If, as, yeah. as a precedent for other companies to emulate in the fullest possible way. Uh, uh, Scott, I have not put that much time into uh, Skyrim. I can count the hours on one hand. Would you feel that... Uh, would you? What, what, how do you say, if you were to compare the two, you know, combat system, how do those play side by side? Um, magic is even worse. Magic is even worse, and you can't create spells, so it's not even remotely flexible. And it's 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 functionally the same. It's still click on the thing while you're moving, and you hit them. Uh, that that's pretty much the core of it. Like the the actual moment to moment stabsmanship is exactly the same. Uh, the back end of it has shifted a bit so that you no longer unlock everything as you level up. You have to spend perks to get all the bonus features, which is frustrating because you're you find yourself like I just I, I used to just get this. This was just a thing I would have. Now you're making me spend a limited resource if I really want this more than, you know, another thing that I used to just get. Like, it really funnels you into one specific combat style and one or two support trees. Um, and what about, like, the sword play... If you're oh, it's identical. It it's identical. There's, there's still that waitlist. Click, swing, swing, swing. Oh, it's dead. Oh, it's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, everyone's mileage is is definitely going to 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 vary on it. But that's, yeah, that's you know, it's kind of that same sentiment, Scott. I have that with these types. Of, personally, this is just me personally. Everyone's got their opinion. My opinion was like, yeah, the combat doesn't super keep it engaging. Um, at the end of the day, I, I was kind of the same person, but as you can tell with the wizard and stuff, sit back, zap, 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 zap. But there's definitely, you know, there's obviously there's first person, uh, you know, like shooters and stuff that feel more solid on the combat area than that. I mean, even ones where you play wizards and you sling spells as part of that, you know, first person shooter deal um, that just feel faster, more fluid, uh, more solid um, and the such. But, the, but this is one where you get to tell your own story while you do some of that. So... Go figure. Um, okay, well, we kind of got our opinions out there. I can't think of anything else. Anything else you guys can think about? We covered that the trees actually look different now. Well, th- those were procedurally generated trees. Ooh, nice. And not not for each individual, but they they said we we need to populate this game with X number of trees, and then they had a procedural tree generation software bake all of those, and they planted them. Hmm. Well, if you wanna you wanna go uh, uh, try it out, I, I would definitely personally, if you have a, a you know a PC from I don't know the last eight years, um, <laughs> I would recommend the, the PC version because it's easier to mod and uh, the graphics, a lot more graphic sliders and, and ways to play around with that, especially with mods. So I would go that way. Um, if you go with the PlayStation Three or something like that, you can lay on your couch, I suppose. But I definitely noticed. Uh, you know that it's obviously not as pretty. So I like pretty. 
pretty important. And weren't you saying that the controller layout is not very good? No, I mean you can play, and I think I believe I can play with the controller on the the PC. Uh, I believe you could just plug in an Xbox controller or something along those lines. Uh, it's it's designed to play with when you're in the menus and stuff. It, it definitely feels like oh wait, I should be using a controller here, not the mouse and keyboard. Um, that's where it gets a little rough. It's something I it wasn't. You know, it, it, it didn't ultimately, I don't recall that being like a deal breaker. I don't recall it being so bad that I was just like, oh, this is just this is just horrible. I just remember it feeling, gosh, this is out of place for an, an Elder Scrolls game, you know? I mean, after playing two games that were totally made for the PC, and I know Morrowind was brought over to the Xbox. Uh, I played it over a friend's house for a little bit, and I immediately said, oh, yeah, this is much better on the PC. It belongs on the PC. It feels at home on the PC. Managing all these, you know, items on here with the controller doesn't, doesn't, you know, doesn't seem right. It just takes too long. But now with Oblivion, you start playing that on the PC like, wait a minute, this is made for a console. It was like the <laughs> opposite. Um, it wasn't, it was still, it was definitely manageable. But it's really funny how uh, I remember on the, when my friend was playing on the Xbox, I remember going, gosh, that font is so small. How do you really see that? Then when playing Oblivion on the monitor, it's like, wow, that font is so big. You know, it's and you can't like change it. And you can't change it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh yeah i just it's just uh one of those few examples out there of games that they're trying to make you know class cross platform i had that problem with cl- um trails in uh trails in the sky or whatever it's called when i got that for the vita it just felt like the font was too, way too small on that so all right anything else y'all can think of no Remember, every Elder Scrolls game is the worst. It's the worst Elder Scrolls game. <laughs> it's the worst Elder Scrolls game. Uh, I mean, well, I guess I should put out there too. Um, we're kind of obviously, I think Scott and I who've played this are kind of like it's it's good, but we're also kind of ho hum on it, you know. But I guess we could also point out there in case you know you're listening to this and you have been hiding in a cave during those years. Um, it was very very well received. Uh, if I recall, I believe this thing got Game of the Year awards and all kinds of shiz, right? Yes, it did. Yeah. So I mean, Scott if... was just reporting to us from March twentieth, two thousand six. Oh, everything right. festooned with oblivion praise. Right, Scott. How come you're not praising this game more? Because uh, I because I played through it in ten minutes and it was meh. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> that is about uh, as long as it takes to get through the main story, right? Well, yeah, you don't have to level up, sure. Um, I guess that was also another thing. Did you ever try? Did you ever try Scott just getting through uh, the main quest without leveling, just to see if you could beat it at level one? Um, Since it well, I, I definitely did start a playthrough without leveling ever. But I think I found fell down a rabbit hole of just side quests, lost track of what I was doing, picked up another game, came back to it six month, months later, and started a new character. <laughs> Um, that's funny. So, uh, but, but I mean, it was definitely super, super well received. And and if you're, you know, if you just, if you're a retro gamer who just wants to see, you know, play some of the, you know, best games from that period, that would definitely be, you know, high up on the list for 2006, um, you know, or that, you know, whatever that era is considered late 2000s, whatever. The, the dawn, uh, so. well, I, I, I mean, I think for us, we call it the dawn of the sixth console generation. Okay, there you go. So yeah, if you're looking for the dawn of the six console generation, um, it's it's yeah, it was definitely super super awesome back in the day. 
according to most people. I was just, I don't know. It was seventh, seventh chance. Scott, here's a, yeah, were you also like, I mean, for me, I was not, I was, I was, I was definitely wowed by certain aspects of the game that I mentioned, you know, like, oh, pretty open world and on a PC, especially with the right mods or whatever, it looked, you know, pretty gorgeous. And I like those, you know, the, some of those side quests and stories, and some of those are very memorable. But overall, I, I mean, I was not wowed by the game and sucked into it and my soul pulled through my nose because I was just so in love with it. I just, I was not one of those people. But maybe it's because I got into it too late. When did, when did you play it in relation to release and, and was it better for you back then? Was it like, uh, wow, mind-blowing? I on PC not long after release at a friend's place. Uh, I was house-sitting for him and I was just messing around with it and I, I wasn't wowed but i definitely enjoyed my time in that sort of fun little open world loop of what's over here and then oh this is an interesting thing and you know you find a weird side quest where or, or you join the fighters guild and your first quest is something keeps eating the rats in my basement i love my rats in my basement find out what's going on and that that was like oh that is a delightful inversion of a trope <laughs> and yeah definitely later i picked it up on console sewer, right Hmm? Yeah, this is after you you kill the rats in the sewer. These are different, better rats. Yeah, uh, I, they have names. Is any of them named Willard? I don't. I don't believe there was a Willard. Um, they didn't really go pop culture reference heavy till later on. Um, I think, and and then I picked it up on console a few years later. Um, and I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, save files on this game were like ten megabytes. You can fill up a twenty gig hard drive real fast. If you oh think yeah, it's a dick. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So there you guys go. So go and uh, check it out if you're looking for something to do, and you've already, like I said, you're looking for more open world. You've already done Skyrim, and you don't mind taking a couple of steps back. Um, you could definitely do a lot worse. We'll think of an example later. All right, Kingsfield, <laughs> worse. All right, done. So uh, we're going to take a break, and uh, we'll be right back. with the final lap where we read your comments, questions, tell you what we're playing and what we're doing on the side and all that kitchen sink stuff that we like to do at the end. And uh, this time we actually have a couple of comments. Yeah. Comments? Comments. Yeah. Because uh, yes. our last episode was 170 Conformist, which was our return after a long hiatus. So it was Cypher welcoming us back. Uh, saying that he was binging on some of our back... He was going through his backlog of episodes. Um, and, uh... We have 
accumulated quite a few, which makes that pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, he was asking. He was. He's mentioning the Witcher. The the show we were talking about, the Witcher, and then um, and mentioning briefly Witcher Two and Witcher Three. He was wondering how I felt about those those two sequels. Um, and the the sad the sad part is, as much as I enjoyed um, Witcher One specifically, its story certainly wasn't a huge fan of the combat system, uh, but really really enjoyed the uh, the writing. Very memorable. Uh, I have not actually sat down and worked through Witcher 2 or Witcher 3, which is a real shame because I know especially 3 has just received nothing but praise. 3 um, is amazing. Uh, so I need to I do saw, it. I watched a friend play about 45 minutes of it on a PS4. Oh, there we go. It looked, pretty, it looked really neat. Yeah, that might be that might be what I have to do is maybe find a discounted copy on sale for the uh, the console so I can lay on the couch and do it or see if it'll work on well, my there, There's now a all of the DLCs bundle Game of the Year version out and about. You probably missed a flash sale during the winter, but I'm sure the spring sale will give you something good there too. Yeah, yeah. The... Um, uh yeah absolutely and GOG very I mean that's where I got you know I went out and got it and I <laughs> silly me I kind of paid full price for it and I didn't actually sit down and play I loaded up very gorgeous I played it for about an hour but I was in the middle I think of our Dragon Quest um binge so, you know so I I was like okay this is awesome I will get back to this later and then I went back to doing more Dragon Quest games because those are awesome except for five um. So wait, six, six. I believe you mean six, six, six. Sorry, six was the one that pissed me off. And how? And how is your return to seven going? Well, you know, I need to get back to seven, but I've been on a different binge because when I first started, when uh, you know, so for those people who haven't heard the story, because it's been a while, um, I was playing all the Dragon Quest games in order. I started off with one and two and three, and worked all the way through, keeping a blog the entire time, telling jokes. Um, it was really pretty fun. Uh, I got up through a two six, which nearly broke me because it was just so bloody long, and I couldn't figure out where to go next. Even using an FAQ, which I hate using FAQs to play games, but I really felt lost without one. And even using one, it, it just felt more like homework than sitting down and enjoying the game. Um, it eventually, did pull through that one. Thank God. Um, then, uh, then yeah, we started to play seven. And on, I have that one on the... I remember talking to you when you were first playing the PlayStation. The PlayStation, that's right. I have it on PlayStation. And you were spending several hours mucking Uh, around in the initial dungeon without getting into a fight because that's how it was initially structured. You get to walk around through long, long moves. So painful. I mean, oh my gosh, boys and girls, you're going to play the original PlayStation Dragon Quest Seven. Use a fact by all means, but... It still is painful, with a fact. Just the first two hours. Not a single fight. It's like Persona 4 in that regard. It's like, I just want to kill something. So much exposition. Well, and in Dragon Quest, there's not even that much exposition, because it is a dungeon. It's just a dungeon without monsters. And and you're just... But it's Phil, puzzle solving. You go find the pieces of whatever they were. The helmet, the sword, the yeah. armor and whatnot. And you get to put them on statues. Ooh, fun. So I had tabled, the, no, especially with the rumors started, I mean, around that time was when we started getting the rumors that it was going to have a remake on the 3DS or an announcement or something like that. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I am tabling this. Um, 
and whatnot. I started uh, farting around with nine for a bit, but then that's when we saw a solid release date for uh, for Persona Five. And I'm like, oh shiz, you know what? I've never sat down and played Persona Three and Four. Um, I played them a little bit, but I've never gotten too far in them. I'm gonna sit down and knock that shiz out because when Five comes out, I want to be like, yeah, I, I know where I'm coming from. So that's why I haven't been doing any of that. I kind of get sidetracked on these binges, but I really do need to finish. The whole point is I need to finish Witcher 2 or 3. So, um, and then we talked a little bit. Uh, Cypher had asked uh, also about my – he had you know those previous podcasts. We talked about my controversial opinion of, of Valkyrie Chronicles because I'm one of the few dissenters who does not think Valkyr- Valkyria Chronicles is the next best thing to slice bread. And in fact, I argue that it is poor gameplay design. So uh, I won't go into that again, but I actually, if you're curious, you can go to our forums, uh, just uh, search for the latest RPG Backtrack episode 170 thread, and I've got a few paragraphs that I've written there. Otherwise, I'm or, guessing it's somewhere between episode 90 and 100, because that's what uh, Cypher's listening to. Uh, the other thing you could do is, of course, leave an iTunes review and uh, give us one star, because uh, Phil is horribly wrong about Valkyria Chronicles, right? <laughs> no, that's how it works. Right. Yeah, that's probably how it works. Yeah, you don't agree with the opinion, so leave a leave one star. Sure, I'm cool with that. Uh, shoot. So, um, Budai mentions that he's uh, he's listen, he's up to episode 100. He's got 70 more to go. He figures that's two weeks in real time of RPG backtrack. <laughs> And, 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 and double check. There might be one of those um, ridiculous episodes sneaking in there. Like the one on Disgaea, for example. Yeah. Where don't, somebody dozed don't... off during the Disgaea 2 chat. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Mass Effect's short. Mass Effect was kind of long. I think that was a three hour recording, wasn't it? Oh, Ooh. wait. No, we, we split those games up, so I think. Uh... Yeah, we did split them up. So. Uh, righty. So our our next show, which I don't know, we kind of fluctuate based on how we can get people together and the such. But what we I have, think, I think it's definitely going to be the one that I have scheduled for um the seventeenth. So we're looking at uh, talking about bravely default. Uh, you don't want to miss that. Uh, which is geez, that, that game is now three years old. So it's now, it's yeah, absolutely re- eligible. Eligible and definitely something we're going to talk about. Uh, and then we'll be following up a couple weeks after that with Persona 4, which we'll definitely make sure that happens, because I know Scott wants to talk about it. I know I want to talk about it. So, meh. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Um, all right, so let's do roundtable. What you been doing lately, Mr. Scott? I think I just broke my playthrough of Tyranny. Um, I, I, I'm on a quest on the main plot, and it won't trigger the neck the, the the state change so we'll, we'll see we'll see if that we'll see if i can i've got a couple older saves that i can jump back to and see if that changes anything but it may be something that has to wait for a patch <laughs> wow have you seen any other people having the same issue or is this something that you've discovered all by yourself I'm not seeing like anyone else complain about it. I'm gonna. I'm looking around at like the discussions on Steam right now and just seeing if anyone else has that particular problem. Because otherwise, this thing might go up as a deep look. Because I'm not. Because I was halfway through. 
Yeah, if you, if you cannot trigger the next item, then um, I don't see any way to meet our usual review guidelines. Yeah, I'm at 19 hours, and I'm like, that is a lot to replay. So we'll see. You will see if if my older save will just let me get through it. And the other thing I'm doing is um, uh, looking at RPG Backtrack's uh, iTunes page. And why the devil don't you have album art? Because <laughs> uh, I don't know how to do it. Ask someone else? <laughs> I think I'll have to. <laughs> I, um, yeah. <laughs> I think there's a way. So all of our... Artwork sounds fancy. Yeah. Could probably... So we... we... Maybe well, Phil, reading our... reviews. If it's just bro. designing something, I mean, I could probably pull that up from Mar Banner or something. Just you know, toy around with that. If all you're looking for is the art asset, yeah, they they just I I forget how to submit it to iTunes. I think you can make it part of the RSS feed and just let them do the work. It'll look up in a day. Does uh, does ATB have one? Uh, yes, I launched okay. with one. So I'm good at it. Good at the fiddly things that iTunes makes me do. Stupid iTunes. Oh man, I, I don't like messing with iTunes. Alright, I'll I'll look at it. Make Apple note my location again. I'm trying to get away from that. Apple just wants to know a few things about you, Mike. Yeah. And now I'm just like URL bashing different versions of the iTunes store to see where we do have reviews. <laughs> See, yeah, I was like, oh, oh one I... review from an Australian guy. We are solid mm. and interesting. Nice. I'll Thank you, that. Mr. Australian guy. We appreciate that. Yes, real time, real time, uh, real time feedback here of your feedback right here at RPG Backtrack. Uh, uh, shoot. When did the Australian guy leave that? They don't have dates on them from the web view, so I have no idea. No, no Germans have reviewed. Screw you, Germany. Yeah, Germany. Well, we I only remember one German who might have ever listened, and that wouldn't have happened because he didn't bother listening to podcasting. He also didn't own handhelds. That's true. Or use a credit card. And he... Let's, let's not yeah. smirch his wonderful, wonderful memory by airing these unsightly facts. Yeah. Okay, well, anything else, Mr. Scott? No, I think we're good. How about you, Mr. Minky? Let's see. I don't believe that I had reviewed Xanadu next when we last recorded. Oh, Xanadu! I know! I I kept waiting for Olivia Newton-John to belt out the song, and it never happened. I was so disappointed. This is the worst out. movie tie-in game ever. <laughs> it is! There's absolutely nothing about singing while on roller skates. There's nothing about Gene Kelly getting a weird wardrobe montage. I don't get it. Were there any roller skates at all? No. No roller skates. I don't understand it. How could Falcom have screwed it up so badly? Jeez, it's... I mean, and Xanadu's just so straightforward. It's it's just this one shot of them skating around while singing. It's the whole movie, except for that montage. I actually did kind of like that tune where the Tubes took over the 80s rendition from the 40s rendition of whatever that song was, but... yeah. Anyway, you want you want a game that is... I'm not too well-versed in Diablo, but I will take all the things on the internet that say this is Diablo-like. You, you run around, you kill stuff, you get stronger, 
you go around, you kill more stuff. And What's up, cat? Was that Tiger? Or your wife pretending to be Tiger? That's that's mean though. She gets into her crabby modes, starts wailing. All right, I better keep the Xanadu next discussion to a minimum, or else Minu will get even crabbier. That's nah, okay. I, I hit the uh, mute button so you don't have to hear her wail too much. Uh, I, in my review, I noted that the controls with the controller are not ideal all the time, and then someone mentioned in the review thread, well, it was originally designed for mouse. Yes, I know that, but it is more or less enabled for a controller now, and f- playing this type of game just feels more natural with a controller to me. But when you have to go and start using the mouse again every time you go into the inventory, that's kind of a pain. Yeah, I I have no idea how, but I was ab- able to absolutely destroy the final boss with no effort whatsoever. Actually, I do know how, because I managed to reach the highest level possible with the best equipment in the game, which you can only do by going through a long, randomly generated dungeon where you have to kill everything in order to proceed every time, and uh, the boss at the end stomped me royally. It was kind of rude of him. Anyway, this is not for you to play if you absolutely demand a riveting story along with your gameplay, but the progression is interesting. The enemies actually mean something different in each area. You actually have to pay attention a little bit. I enjoyed it more than I expected to, which, considering I had minimal expectations, may not be saying much, but it's there. And I just put up a review of Dragon Ball Fusions. Bill, you helped me proof that review. Thank you. So, is it over 9,000? Yes. Okay. I mean, it's thoroughly ridiculous. The You meet the Ginyu Force, and the Ginyu Force teaches you the new five-member extra power fusion, which works for about 30 seconds and allows you to pretty much whoop the crap out of anything in your path. And looks absolutely ridiculous, but why not? Sure! Or let's have Nappa and Raditz fuse. Why not? And become gnats. There was yes, no was way the they were going to get a good... There, there was no way they were going to get a good portmanteau name. No, But I but, think they missed the boat by not going with Rappa. <laughs> Very sad. Or at the end you get to see Celza. Yes, the fusion of Frieza and Cells and Cell. That's, um, I've never seen that before. <laughs> So it's there if you want to see a whole bunch of ridiculous Dragon Ball stuff, if you want to recruit a whole bunch of characters. I I can't, I keep playing it because I'm trying to recruit a few more characters even though there's absolutely no reason to. I beat the game. The post-game stuff is needlessly frustrating in some of its requirements and how the enemies have all scaled up to super high levels. But dang it, I want to try and get Kid Boo on my side. And I guess that means that I'm a Dragon Ball nut and I... I can't really deny that. Super you Dragon game. Ball lover, you. I I can't deny it. Uh, actually, I have to start playing Dex soon. Mac got me a review copy in the Vita, but I can't wean myself from Dragon Ball Fusions quite yet. I will, though. I will play Dex and give us a Vita review. Vita, Vita. I can't keep Vifer. my pronunciations. Vider. I'll take it. I'm sure one of our UK uh, staff members would endorse us calling it the Viter. I think Alex is going to be on our next show, so I'll run that by him. Yeah, just poke him about it. And, yeah, that's about all I've got at the moment, unless we want to discuss the amazing revival of Peter Cushing for Rogue One. No one is safe. <laughs>
no one is safe. I like people are worried about what Carrie they're going to do to replace Carrie Fisher for episode nine, and I'm like, you saw what they're going to do to replace Carrie Fisher for episode nine. They've got two years to practice. Yeah, maybe she'll look slightly less plastic. Hey, Peter Cushing didn't look half bad for a guy who died in 1994. Yeah, he did look yeah. all right. He didn't I mean, sound I'm... all right though. Yeah. I mean, and this is it. Like, we're two years from having no one be safe. Yeah, I, James Earl Jones is an old guy. Uh, he pro- he won't be around to do Darth Vader's voice forever, but we can comfortably synthesize it any time now. Scary. Next thing you know, cars are going to start driving themselves. You mean successfully? <laughs> hey, they're doing fine. It's the human drivers on the road that are fucking them up. <laughs> That's true. Well, anyway, be... Phil, you've been uh, you've been personaing, right? Yeah, they should be trying that stuff here in Utah, where we've been getting you know just snow after snow after snow. I, I just it's like my morning routine now, just to make sure I wake up thirty minutes extra, just so I can shovel more snow. Uh, it's just insane. Uh, I, I actually had a report from somebody who moved to Ohio last two years ago that shoveling snow is an effective means of not needing a gym membership. Yeah, no, it really works well because normally on Tuesdays I, I would uh, I would uh, persona size, which if I haven't mentioned this before, have I mentioned persona sizing? On, I don't think I have. So what I've been doing uh, for the last, I don't know, at least half a year if not longer, is I got one of those well, a long time ago on one of our little exercise crazes. We bought, we do what every couple does and buy exercise equipment that we had the best intentions, but we never actually used much past the first week or two. One of those is a Reebok step aerobic thingy with the, you know, that came with a VHS tape, I'm sure, uh, back in 2001. So, or DVD. But, uh, and it's just something that came with us when we moved, and it's just sitting in the basement and uh, and the such. And, and I had a, my membership at the gym had just expired, and I didn't have any extra cash. Uh, so I drove home and I'm like, okay, I want to do some exercise, but, uh, I don't want to go back all the way back out to the gym. So I, I busted that out. And one of the things I do at the gym is I will play, I have, I have, um, perfected the fine art of being able to play a handheld system while on the treadmill. Don't ask me how I've just managed not to kill myself somehow over doing this, uh, for probably a couple of years. So, um, I was like, ooh, well, we got the step aerobic thingy and holding a PlayStation controller in my hand. How much more difficult can that be versus holding a DS? So I do the step aerobic, so I was playing Persona. Persona's kind of got that rock, you know, sound beat in combat and such. Actually, work lends itself very well to getting a good rhythm going on the stepper. So, yeah, I've been uh, coming, kind of coming home and doing that uh, for exercise. So that's pretty fun. But yes, I've been playing uh, Persona 3 and 4. I'm happy to report <laughs> that I'm actually have beaten, completed both games. Um, Whoa! Yeah, I know, right? Those are two big, I me completing games number one. Number two, they're both uh, really long games and uh, and they're Shin Megami Tensei games. But, in the interest of full disclosure, uh, they I played them on easy because they gave me an option. And I know better than to play Shin Megami Tensei game. I don't care how cute it looks. I don't care how modern and it feels and everything. That's just all. No, it's still a Shin Megami Tensei game underneath the hood. I'm not going to have another strange journey where I get through the dungeon just fine just to have the big boss kick me in the teeth over and over again. Uh, I won't go into Persona 4 too much because that's our next show. But I'll talk about Persona 3, and I'm probably, speaking of controversial opinions, I'm probably one of those few people that likes, that end up liking 3 more than 4. 
which is odd because four does so many things better. But uh, the last, um, the last, oh my gosh, cat, nobody likes you. The last couple of months, she's like wailing back there because I don't know. The last couple of um, months at Persona 4 just, we'll talk about when we get there, just really drags down the experience for me. Anyways, uh, 3 just felt like a tighter experience overall. Uh, going through a dungeon, do your social links. Uh, you know, it, if, well, you know pe- people can We'll get me. into it in the episode, but like 3 has everything feed into itself, right? Everything feeds another thing. Everything feeds back into the main game. And 4 kind of doesn't. Kind of doesn't. Um... Yeah, I mean, it kind of, yeah, just, uh, it just, it just felt like it, it just felt like a more, a tighter experience. It felt like, you know, relative to four, felt like four used up more of my time where they really didn't need to, like, say, two hour beginnings that probably could have been tightened down to 45 minutes. Um, whatchamacallit, uh, anyways, uh, more about three. The, um, not that three is perfect there. There was, like, a lot of loading times in three if you're playing it on the PlayStation. Yeah, I'm playing on the three, PlayStation three, but it's a PlayStation two game. A lot of loading symbols. You want to talk to somebody? There's a loading. You need to move, go out of your, you know, if you just rested, it's a Sunday and you're in your dorm and you want to go visit somebody in the park, that's like three loading screens right there. Persona 4 addresses it by making, you know, a little bit more of a fast travel, but still all loading screens. But yeah, 3 ended up, I clocked in around 65 hours when I took out the final boss. But I swear, I don't know if the clock runs during the loading screens. It certainly runs while you're just running from point A to point B, you know, through the school and stuff. So I think, honestly, if you took out a lot of that extra time, I swear it was like a 45-hour game. But, um, uh... I really enjoyed uh, my time with uh, with both games. To extent. I have my grace with both games, but I would definitely play, you know, either one again, especially three. I just, again, I, I am actually looking forward to getting to the PSP version and trying that from the female protagonist point of view, seeing how the those social links work out uh, with, the, with the gender swap, as well as, um, what was the other thing of Persona 3? Oh, playing it on a, probably actually trying like a normal difficulty because the boss, so the boss in three did piss me off. Because it was so freaking long. On easy, I, I never really... I, I, I did actually end up wiping once, but you know, on easy they give you the resurrection thing. So, um, But what really pissed me off on that big boss encounter is he's got like 13 phases. 13 <laughs> freaking phases. And These phases I, are long. They're, they're, they're long. Not like, they're, like, yeah. they're like six turns to clear a phase. Oh if you're my good. gosh. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, because it was the end of the holiday weekend... And I'm like, okay, I really need to get to bed and get to work the next day. But I'll just knock out this boss. I got like another hour before we got to go to bed. Oh, no, no, no. Was I so wrong? Um, it, it's it's a hundred minute fight. Yeah. It's, it's a hundred minute <laughs> fight. And, and then, oh, but Scott, it gets so much better. And then the end cutscene just does not stop. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You got to hear this one because I don't know if this happened to you. So the 13th phase, of course, is the longest phase where the boss has the most hit points, like a billion, 10,000 hit points, whatever. And so you spend another 20 whatever minutes wearing sunshine down, keeping your party healed. I'm actually starting to use some consumables at this point because I'm running out of magic points, doing all that stuff. Gets gets get, gets her, him, or it down to roughly 20%, 15%. When it starts pulling up the mega attacks that uh, that inflict all kinds of status ailments. Okay, no big deal. I've got consumables to address that. Well, uh, he can't. He hit my. He hit uh, Yakuri, whatever her name is, uh, with charm. 
didn't think much of it till it was her turn and she casted Heal All on him. Whatever the Shimigami Tensei name is for Heal All Someone's Hit Points. And he the went... The full restore button got pushed. Yeah, the full restore got pushed. And basically that 13th phase started all over again. And Shirley could hear they me swearing from the room they like... And now what do I do? If I turn it off, I still have to do all 13 phases over again and spend another hour of my life that I'm not going to get back. But if I stay up, I've got another 30 minutes now in front of me at least. And that's presuming he doesn't pull the same cheese move again because she healed him before I even had a chance to pull her out of charm. Um, So I sat there, sucked it up buttercup after I threw a fit, looked up forums, validated my anger by seeing other people pissing and moaning about the same thing. Jump back in, you know, kept on, kept on wailing on him. And then, uh, I mean, this time it's well past midnight. I'm like, yeah, is this really the end? Is this, or is it going to be like, no, there's still another month. There's still more gameplay. No, 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 it was really the end, thankfully. Um, unfortunately, it starts you off at school and it seems like you got this opportunity to talk with people to see, cause it fast forwards the calendar a month and you've got this opportunity to talk to people after you've, you know, you've had this big adventure with them and stuff in school. Um, but at that point, I'm so tired and I just want to go to bed. So I'm like, okay, maybe I can just save and come do this ending shtick later. Uh, but of course, yeah. I'm so tired, I totally forget that as soon as you go into the dorm, you now switch to night mode, which means you're going to have to go to bed and move the date forward, which means I probably missed some opportunities to catch some dialogue with some people. I'm like, fuck this. I'm just going to, oh, pardon me, but I'm like, I'm just going to, uh, I'm just going to read it online or something, watch it on YouTube. Um, then you get the video cutscene ending, which is cute. Um, but I did enjoy, I did enjoy, definitely enjoyed uh, the, the story in the game. Some moments in the game made me laugh, a couple made me cry a bit. Some of the social link stories are really, really cool. Um, I like the suicide guy, for example. I thought that was awesome. Um, just, uh, just, just felt like a, 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 a tighter experience. So uh, I really, really enjoyed it. So now I'm doing Persona Q. Because, you know, I got to play the spinoffs before Persona 5 comes yeah. out. So I got to do dancing all night. I started also... Um, what's it called? Uh, Persona 4 Arena? Arena. Yeah, which is really fun to play when you're on the step aerobic thing. It gives Persona size a whole new angle because you're playing a fighting game while going. Now, thankfully, like I would say, I don't know how much, there is so much dialogue between each fight. I, I guess I should expect that. It's a Persona game. They don't skimp on the story. Um, but uh, definitely fluffed up, fluffed it up with a lot of internal monologue and thinking from each of the characters, which on one hand gives you kind of a res- uh, refreshing perspective in their personalities that you don't get from the main games. On the other hand, some of it, especially because it's a, basically the same stories told from different perspectives, it gets pretty repetitive in some areas. So have you, have you played those yet, Scott? I have uh, done most of story mode in the first, uh, the, the first arena. Mm-hmm. And I've heard I've heard the second one is better, so I, I can't wait to get through the first one so I can get to the second one. And they say it's canon too, right? I think it's like official. Yeah, official. Like, like it all counts. It all counts, which may be important. Persona Five, because if you remember Persona Four, there was a bit of a montage. You got to meet um, what's her bucket, one of your social links from Persona Three, the shy girl. I'm horrible with um, uh, and the such. And then I'm playing Persona Q, which. Uh, we'll see if I still think positively after, you know, 60 hours. But so far, eight hours in, I'm really enjoying it. I know people were like, I know one of the criticism against it is, oh, the characterizations are much more shallow, right? Because, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's her... Like Chie, 
uh, you know, she's she's a very deep character in Persona 4 who occasionally has, you know, mentions, oh, let's go out and have a steak burger or something. And in Persona Q, she won't stop talking about food. Um, so they've really taken a three-dimensional character and flattened it. Um, I, I don't know. In a way, I kind of find it endearing because it's clear that with the chibi characters and everything and the way it's coming across, this is meant to be, you know, like, hey, it's no accident, but this is a almost like a parody on it. And it's, I don't know. I think I've actually laughed out loud at some of their, some of their jokes. There is sometimes where it gets a little irritating, where it's a little too childish. Like when uh, Akihiko and what's his bucket keep our, not Akihiko. Um, <laughs> is it Akihiko? Yeah, Akihiko yeah. and his brother, what's his brother's name? Shinpai or whoever? I don't care. They keep arguing like two little eight-year-old brothers. Yeah, that, that gets on my nerve a little. But there's not that much story. It's not like Persona Arena where it's, you know, 12 minutes of exposition, a one-minute fight, 12 minutes of exposition, a one-minute fight. It's just the opposite. It's like 20 minutes of dungeon, a quick little cutscene. 20 more minutes of dungeon, another little cutscene. It's a lot of Etrian Odyssey. Yes, it is. It is. It's definitely a lot of Etrian Odyssey. Oh, you know, I do, I do like... I, I tell you, one thing I like a lot... I guess I'm, I want to like Etrian Odyssey, but one of the things that really holds me back is the fact that when you're leveling up and you're picking your points into skills, it gives me... It gives me nightmares that go back to Diablo days where if you make the wrong choice, you're locked in and it's so hard to undo that in Diablo. Like, it's called start a new character if you don't have whatever patches um, or expansions or whatever. And I hated that. I mean, that's why I just never got very far in Diablo and I never bought the expansions because I got all pissed um, because I my time is limited and start over because I made some wrong choice at leveling up. To start over a game from scratch, not just reload a last save, ticks me off. Um, so... Etrian Odyssey, I get that kind of decision freeze, um, but here it's all tied into your personas. You know, you don't like what skills you got, you can always swap it out with another persona because everyone's a wild card, sort of. So I just, I just feel like, ooh, it's like Etrian Odyssey. Or I like the battle system. I like the fact that Hama and Mudo actually work. Some, yeah, a pretty decent amount of the time. So I don't know. I don't know why I'm liking it so much. The music is stuck in my head too. Have y'all noticed that about music songs too? Like, you know, Burn My Dread or Reach for the Truth or the one in Persona Q, um, the battle music. Like, there's words there and you can make out some of the words. Like, something sounds like, I'll burn my dread. Something sounds like, you have no clue what they're saying. Have, have you ever bothered to go? So Shirley and I are in the car listening to Persona Q's uh, battle theme music. And she says, Does, the, are they saying blink at you with my eyes? And I'm like, yeah, I think that's what it's saying. And I keep playing song over and over again because it's stuck in my head. And she's like, what, 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 what are they really saying? I'm like, well, you're, I'm driving. Look it up on your cell phone. And, um, uh, it's called, the song is called light, uh, light the fire up in the night. You can find it on YouTube and the lyrics are easy to find. So she pulls up the lyrics and she starts reading them out loud. And it just, if you're just reading it straightforward, it almost sounds like gibberish. Um, uh, and, and whatnot. The view that I see is not flat. More like panorama, more to it, more of a drama. Going gorillas, bananas. I just want to have a fun, lot of fun in life. Surviving the riding, I'm driving. No idle in battle. I keep it dazzle. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. And it's just I like, have the best English. Yeah, yeah. It's like somebody just translate this song exactly word for word and threw it to the the music. I'm like. I don't know. That's Persona songs. Like, I don't know why. I just find the, their main songs to be so addictive. Like, 
Reach for the Truth. I must have listened to every remix, uh, you know, three dozen times. I still don't know any words outside of I reach out for the truth. I, I can't, can't, can't help you with that. I don't want to read the lyrics because I'm pretty sure it's like this. It makes no sense. It just, <laughs> and it's really bad. Even if you, even if you knew the words, the way they're probably pronouncing, they're probably totally slaughtering it anyway. So uh, that's too uh, funny. Just, just here, here's one for you for reach out to the truth. Uh, Naked truth lies only if you realize, appearing in nobody's eyes till they sterilize. Stop the guerrilla, guerrilla warfare to keep it fair. Bro, change your rage to a smarter, greater cause. <laughs> I just, love Japan. I just love Japan. And I don't, I just, it makes no sense. Especially since I normally like to sing those songs, even though I can't carry a dude. My my wife is probably appreciative that I can't sing these songs aside from. I will burn my dread. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's the cool stuff about Persona, right? It's just those cool Persona things. But eventually I'll get through this mic and we then I will dive back into, now that we have a really great uh, version, from what I understand, of Dragon Quest Seven. Did you did you, did you play all the way through it? Did you review it or something? I did. I yeah, did review right. this new that's version. Right. This is uh, a considerable improvement upon the original. So I will have to give it its due diligence so I can get through those games and say that I have gotten through the entire... Uh, Series. And being being portable means that it is much easier to apply a little bit of time every now and again, rather than needing to turn the TV on and set your grind hat on. You know, along uh, along those lines, uh, you know, that was a uh, you know one of the struggles I've been thinking through this. Maybe people have input they can share it on the forums. But when I do get back to that, uh, you've got I mean, seven is a no brainer, right? You're definitely going to play. The 3ds version of that but what about number eight i mean eight on the playstation 2 still holds up graphically pretty pretty well because it was a cell shaded you know deal and i'm i'm like in my bunny brain so i am not a huge fan of the 3ds's graphic fidelity and lack thereof like even persona q it's probably my one big detraction from that game so far is i just can't stand how low res everything is they made the characters chibiized and I think part of that was because, you know, when we were on Super Nintendo stuff, we all of our RPGs had Chibi's characters because the resolution was so low. That was the only way to get any detail in their heads, um, on their faces and the such. Um, so, I, I, on one hand, I don't know if I want to play... I, you know, obviously, I don't think the 3DS has the graphic fidelity of a PlayStation 2, which is pretty damn low, but I, I, I don't believe it does. So do I, I you know, I was like, do I, I don't want to play a watered-down graphic version, but it is portable, and now I'm reading there's extra character or two. Um, there's going to be some additional content. Obviously, combat's a little bit different because you can see the monsters on the screen as opposed to random characters. That's not a big deal for me. But I was wondering if some other people have also done some more reading, have some more opinions on it. So feel free to share those on the on the forums, especially after the game comes out, because I will not be rushing uh, to play it anytime soon. So I'll have time for people to play it and tell me, oh yeah, this is the definitive version. Or no, you could go either way. I'd like to hear what people have to say. Because I could, I could I, go either way. Having not played 8 yet, I intend to give this version a chance after, what did I spend, a couple of hours with the PS2 version a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And mostly I learned that, yeah, it looks good. It also feels incredibly clunky and... It took a while to do anything. Oh, this is true. Yeah, yeah no, that that's that is true. It, it definitely felt it, it, while it has a, a more because I did put about a I want to say about a dozen hours into uh, the PS2 version back in the day. You're right. It does look really nice, but when it actually comes to 
everything from, you know, walking around to managing inventory to the speed of combat. Everything feels like an old school Dragon Quest game. So, hmm. You're, I mean, like, super old school. Like, it's one thing to carry on the spirit, but it's another thing where, you know, that's kind of what my pet peeves uh, is when turn-based combat, when it comes to resolving, it's Bob hits monster. Bob does six points of damage. You know, and it's real slow <laughs> like that. And it's just one after the, you know, turn-based. I can put it on my, you know, commands one turn at a time, and they're going to play my turn, monster, turn, whatever. But it doesn't mean you have to take forever to play it out. I mean... That's the one nice thing about Arkwright's Fantasia. I love that game. It's combat system. Don't like the voice act, but the combat system is awesome because you put in your commands and it's just like everything flies on the screen real fast and it just keeps 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 moving. You know, it's it's just very fluid. Wish wish more turn-based games were like that. I wish there was more innovation and in pushing uh, the envelope on that formula rather than just saying, "Oh, okay, we're giving up. We're gonna go make it like a fighting game now." So. Anyhow, all right, cool beans. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you all for listening. I know this is a little bit of a disappointment to those people who are used to really, really long RPG backtracks, but uh, this one's only going to clock in probably around two hours. But this one has a dead Sean Bean, and you know yeah. that, and a dead Sean Bean. Stewart. Well, I mean, a dead Sean Bean just means something right has happened in the cosmos. I mean, that's true. Patrick, Patrick Stewart, Stewart is, but that's <laughs> outside the norm. <laughs> Uh, that only only happens when he does theater. I will remind you, listeners, that RPG Bag Trick is a production of RPGamer.com, your source for news, reviews, and home to the best community on the net. Head on over to our forums. Uh, that's a big old button there on the left-hand side that says Message Forums when you're at RPGamer.com or go to forums.RPGamer.com. Uh, you can leave your comments about our latest show there. You can email jcservant at Comics or Albert Odyssey at Hotmail.com, and uh, we'd be happy to get those comments. You can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at JC Servant. Mr. Minky is at you may Sim. Mr. Scott Wachometer is at Wheels. Uh, Ask Wheels. Ask Wheels. <laughs> no. Well, uh, that, that, that is where uh, all the hate mail goes. That's Ask all the hate Wheels. mail goes. So send it to Ask Wheels. No, uh, Scott but, is... Uh, no, I am at Foul Sorceress. Foul Sorceress. That's, uh, mad. That's Magic Duck, not Unpleasant Female Mage. Yeah. And how the devil have you not got that like pre-recorded as a chunk leading into the music? No, no, no. I like to do it like this because sometimes I've been drinking too much and it comes out totally different. <laughs> Again, so... you're, you're just endorsing my my belief in you having that as canned as part of the outro music. Yeah, you would think that would be cool to do one day. But now I feel like we're 170 some episodes in. I feel like my unprofessionalism has been cemented. Is a fundamental part of our culture, so reasons. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, um, yeah, so tweet us up, and uh, we'd love to answer your questions and read your comments here on the air. Thank you for so much for listening. Mr. Mikey, do you have anything to say to put us to bed? Mm, if only there were a dog in this game that you could buy its own armor. But no, apparently there's just a horse, and... No other domestic creatures of any kind that you can armor up. Too bad. So they, they they had to wait till Fallout 4 to really nail dog armor. <laughs> I'm not joking. There's dog armor in Fallout 4. No, it's just the way you said it. It's like, yeah, they got it. But it took them a few more years to it get t- that one down. It took 15 years to really figure it out. <laughs> but they got there. And isn't the dog a much more useful... Uh, character in fallout 4 than the horses and oblivion 
hey, hey, De- Doom Horse from the Assassin's Guild will kill things for you. Uh, all right. That's true. <laughs> but that's a special kind of horse. Everybody have the a The horses good spend money at your, your the regular horses you buy or steal. Yeah, they're worthless. Surely, we do not start the podcast with a meow. Yes, yes we do. No, 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 that is not going to become a thing for 2017. Okay. It can absolutely be a thing. It no. can be like three things, even. No. Where's Dakota or Brutus? We can start it off with a bark. No. Uh, they are upstairs. Oh, okay. <sighs> no, okay. No, 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 Tiger can't be on the podcast. Okay, here we go. This Plus five cat of podcasting? No. Surely, you see, the new microphone is very sensitive, and it picks up all the cat singing that we don't want on the recording. No laws. The people out there don't want to hear about your 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 gray. He's cute. Mud cat, mud breed cat. Oh, you're a cute tiger. You didn't hear that. Oh, you didn't hear that? He's mean. I don't think Tiger Tiger has much to say on Oblivion, though. Seems okay. unlikely. Yeah, so we're talking. We're talking Oblivion, and Mike was like, "I don't think Tiger has much to say about Oblivion." And then, and then uh, I was about to say, "Well, if he jumps up or makes noise during the podcast, he's gonna he's gonna find out the meaning of Oblivion real quick." Yeah. <sighs> okay. Here we go. There's so much noise in here. Now it's that thing. This is what? what happens when you get a new microphone, Phil. It, it's so good that it picks up. All the stuff you never knew. Well, it is. Like, I did uh, one of my YouTube videos, and I could hear a little tiny stuff. Anyway, here we go.